Right? And the question is, when we hear that or we feel that or we sense that or we read his word and he says, this is what I'm, what I'm wanting to do in you this year, the question is, are we saying yes? Are we saying yes? Right? That's, that's for me as if, you know, I, I'm an all in or all out kind of guy, right? I'm not a lukewarm, you know, I'm both feet in the pool. I, we walked by the river the other day and I said, Danielle, I want to jump in, right? Like I'm either all in or all out, you know, it's just, that's just my personality. But are we saying yes to God? You see, we're constantly making choices that are either, that where we either are saying yes to Jesus or saying no to him, right? That's the truth. That's the reality of our lives. That's the reality of how we live. You see, we normally don't think that we say no to God, right? We're not like directly saying, God, no, right? Maybe you've done that. I've said that to God before. Like, God, that's not a good idea, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm probably not the right guy, you know, all, all of those things. Um, that's what I said. That's what I continually talked to God about. I was like, God, you wanted me to be a pastor? Like, Really? Like, sometimes people make me angry and I want to throw people, right? That's what I tell Danielle sometimes. I'm just like, can't do that as a pastor, right? Uh, thank the Lord I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> but we don't think we're saying no to him usually, do, do we? Right? But we do say no to him. And often it comes in the form of saying yes to something else. Right? That's where our no's come from. It comes by saying yes to something else. And here's the deal. Here's what we know, and here's where we're feeling as a society is we can only handle so much. Right? You know the old image of the guys with the sticks and the, and the, the plates spinning? You know, he's trying to get as many plates going. And we as a society have, are living in the plate spinning society. Right? How many plates can you have spinning? How many things, irons can you have in the fire? How many hobbies can you be doing? How many, you know, you fill in the blank. How many sports can your kids do, right? I'm feeling it right now, okay? Basketball season started for both our kids. I'm like, oh gosh. Um, right, how, there's so many other things we can say yes to and that ultimately becomes our no to other things. And unintentionally and unknowingly, we end up saying no to God. We don't say no to the right things. We say no to the things that we really need to give ourselves. And so this year, the question is, what yes do we need to say to start this year that, so it can matter, so we can make the right choice? Which is why my suggestion for us and our title for today's sermon is that we need to start with no. Start with no. Right? Let's start there. Instead of saying yes to everything on the table, right? That's what we did at Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're like, turkey, ham potatoes, gravy, right? We're saying yes to all of it, right? And somebody walks up with a green bean casserole and I say, no, um, not going to happen. Not going to happen, right? But my suggestion in my heart today for us is that we start with no going into this year, right? Because we want to say yes to everything. We want to say yes to all these things. And that's what everyone says. Like, well, you have to say yes to all the self-help stuff. You got to get in shape. So you say yes to this or whatever it is. Let's start with no, not to Jesus, but to so many other things, screaming for our time, energy, and attention. You see, no is a powerful protector against all the fillers that take up our capacity and steal the most meaningful things in life, right? That's what we need to be saying yes to and guarding and saying no to other things. You see, it's interesting, as we looked at John 10, 10 a moment ago, remember who the thief is, right? He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy I wanted to read it. You're not going to have it on screen, so you can just have to listen to me. But John, John chapter 10, I want to read that whole passage of Scripture where Jesus explains what he's saying here. So if you have your Bibles, you can join me. I encourage you this next year, bring your Bibles to church. We'll be jumping in, doing that. Bring your Bibles, journals. But uh, John 10, 1 through 15, I want to read this to you because this, Jesus explains where this passage comes from. It's important for us to see this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber, right? Jesus is like, yeah, if somebody's trying to sneak in the building, sneak in the house, jump the fence, most likely they're not in for good intentions, right? 
But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After, after he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They don't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Right? And as we sit here reading this, we're like, we're not shepherds. We're not sheep folk. We don't have sheep in our yards. Well, some of you might. I don't. Um, but in verse 6, it says this. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what it meant. Right? Even though agrarian culture that these people were living in, Jesus, you know, Jesus is putting it pretty plainly. Sheep know the voice. They're going to follow their shepherd. And they're like, what do you mean, Jesus? So he explained it to them. As I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. He's looking back to different false Jesuses and false messiahs and people that say they have it figured out and those things. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the one that's, that's creating the pathway, creating the way for the sheep to be saved. He says, they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. He says this in verse 10, our verse the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He says this in following up. He says, I'm the gate. But then he also says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because he don't, they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they follow me. Just as the father, just as my father knows me and I know my father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Right, and I read that and I process that, that chunk we see with verse 10, the thief comes to steal, but then he gives us this idea of the shepherd Right? He gives us two, two parallels. The thief that comes to steal, right, tries to get over the wall, try to take the sheep and try to do that. And Jesus says, no, I am the good shepherd, but I'm also the gate. I am all things to all people, to the sheep that I have here. And as I read that verse, God was just speaking to my heart and reminding me that there's things, and Jesus points back to these false teachers. Right? He points back to these things that tell us lies. Right? Tell us, hey, if you do this, you do that. Right? If you follow me, I will lead you to the promised land. I will lead you to what you need to know. So Jesus points back to these teachers tangibly for them to know because they, 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 they remember right, the, the, the hearing about probably of these false messiahs getting taken down by the Romans. Right? So he's like, these other guys have come. They've said these things and they've been crushed, but they weren't true. You didn't follow them because they weren't, they weren't my voice. You didn't hear them. And so he shows us these things. There's these voices that are going to come and try to steal our attention. Right? And as sheep, I don't like being a sheep. Anybody else? Right? I look at this. I'm like, I don't want to be a fuzzy little weak sheep. Right? Give me the horns. Give me the, I'm a ram. You know, put me on the mountain. Billy goat. You know, whatever it is. I don't want to be a sheep. Goats are gross, by the way. But um, <laughs> just moving on. I grew up in Wyoming, so I don't want to be a goat. Just kidding. But notice what happens when he calls himself the shepherd. He says in verse 12, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. Right? When I look at the things that try to steal our attention, steal our affection, steal and tell us that they're the thing that's going to make us happy and fill us up, all I see in there is counterfeits. 
right? Counterfeits, they're not real, they're empty, right? And that's what he says here, the hired hand, the one that's just showing up, right? And I thought about that, I was like, man, that sounds a lot like our society, like they just want our money, they just want our attention, right? That's, as I was telling Danielle the other day, like that's all our phones are, they're trying to push ads to us, they're trying to get us our attention and get, our, get us our focus off of everything else that's important. But here's what we know about the hired hand, the thing that is empty and fake. He says, the hired hand will run when it sees a wolf coming. Hired hand's gonna run, but the shepherd's not gonna run. Shepherd's going to protect his flock. The shepherd's going to protect his sheep. He says he will abandon his sheep because they don't belong to him and they aren't his shepherd. You see, they are, as we look at these things, these are counterfeits to joy. Right? Things that say they will fill us up. Things that say they will make us complete. Right? There's these also these counterfeits to peace. And maybe you felt that this Christmas. You're just like, man, we, we talked about Advent. We talked about the peace of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You're like, I don't feel the peace. And you're going to different situations or hearing other voices. And you're like, I haven't experienced that peace. And as we know in society, there's counterfeits to rest. Right? I just need that really big vacation. I just need this. I need that. Fill in the blank. But one of the key things here that we see repeatedly with the sheep interacting with the shepherd is they knew his voice. They knew his voice. When all the other voices come out, when all the other things are trying to grab their attention, they knew the shepherd's voice. So how can we recognize his voice if we don't know him? How do we recognize Jesus when he speaks to us? When we ask that question that I asked at the beginning, right? What are you wanting to do in me this year? Jesus, what are you wanting to do? How do we know if it's his voice? or the talking head on the TV, or the thing on our phone, what is speaking to us? See, the sheep recognize him because they know his voice. They've spent time with him intimately. He's protected them repeatedly, and he's given his life for him. Jesus goes on and talks about him, precursors, and gives some foreshadowing of what he's actually going to do for all of humanity and all the sheep, but he's, he's given us here that we need to know his voice you see, often we have to say no to the wrong things in order to say yes to the right things, right? As we talk about this and trying to hear God's voice, we have to say no to the wrong things in order to say yes to the right things. I don't know about you, as we look at this new year, I'm going to tell you about something we're going to do in the first 21 days of the year, and uh, it's going to be difficult for me, right? I'm going to tell you that at the end of this message. But uh, for me, like if you're trying to get things done, you don't sleep in right? Generally, if you're trying to get stuff done in the day and do all that stuff, like you're not going to, you're not going to sleep in. You're going to try to get things done. If you're trying to lose weight, you got to cut sugar generally, right? Or go really moderation, <laughs> right? For me, I just got to cut it out. Anybody else like feeling the sugar bugs? You're just like, I just want sugar all the time now, you know? I was like, it was every, every other month of this year was great. And then this year was just like sugar, sugar, sugar. I got to stop. Um, Right? We have to say no to the wrong things to say yes to the right things. Right? What if we want to have real, authentic relationships? We have to say no to screens. We have to say no to, to distractions. We have to get in face-to-face -face opportunities with people, don't we? To build friendships, relationships. And as a church family, that's what I hope is for us this year as we go to Alpha and we do growth groups, is that we're saying yes to being in community. We're saying yes to being face-to-face, -to, -face, to build relationships. You see, these are... Just innocent examples, screens, sugar, sleeping in. But if we're going to say yes to Jesus, we have to say no to the substitutes. We have to say no to the counterfeits. And that's why, as I mentioned, we're going to be starting. I want to invite you to join me, Danielle, our staff here at the church, to a 21-day fast. Right, 21-day fast as we kick off this new year. And this is what fasting is. And we have these guides in the back. So on your way out, they're on the welcome desk. We'll give them to you. But this is, it just kind of helps you highlight what fasting is this year. 
But I want you to join us and recalibrate your year and start your year focused on Jesus. You see, fasting is a powerful spiritual exercise where you put aside that which most satisfies your body to pursue that which most satisfies your soul. That's what fasting is. Right? That's what fasting is. That's what it is. It's not just to, to lose weight or to, you know, to cut the calories, carbs, whatever. Fasting, if we give it to God and we honor God in fasting, it is a spiritual exercise that satisfies our soul. You see, it's the ultimate exercise in saying no in order to say yes. And here's what I know and what I've, what I've found God to do when I do this is God absolutely responds and fills those spaces in our life when we say no. Right? When we say no in the, in the regards, with the intent and the desire to give God that time, that energy, that focus, God honors it. God does amazing work in our hearts and lives. And so as we say no to something, as we say no to these things that easily become our focus. But here's what we know. We're not meant to fast forever. Like I'm not saying, hey guys, 2024, we're fasting all year. Let's go church. Who's in? Right, I'm out. <laughs> like, like it's, it's not easy, but like we're not meant to fast forever. The Lord gave us this, a more sustainable way to keep his presence and voice. So we're meant to take periods and moments, and even Jesus took that 40 years of fasting before he entered his ministry phase in Scripture. 40 days, not 40 years. <laughs> 40 days, yeah, Jesus. He only lived to 333, but then, you know, okay. Um, right, you, Jesus took 40 days before he entered his ministry period of his life to fast and spend time seeking God. And even in his ministry time, he would spend time away. And so we, we're going to take this time to fast. But also, I want to encourage you to take the time and build in this year through the, through the power and the way of saying no by saying yes to Sabbath. Or by saying the, yes to the rhythm of Sabbath. And I've had moments where that's been good in my life and our journey. And I've had moments where it's been terrible. And I'm kind of in that point where, like, God, I need to reset right, in my Sabbath rhythms. right? But I want to encourage you. You see, Sabbath is taking a break from everything that can distract us from God to experience and enjoy him. Right? That's what Sabbath does. Sabbath helps us to recalibrate, as I've been talking about, and as I give you my words here in a little while for my year, the Sabbath helps us to refocus, right, to renew and to recalibrate ourselves so we can experience God and enjoy him and enjoy the things around us that sometimes the distractions in life that we say yes to help us to easily forget. So we have fasting. That's my, my challenge, my encouragement to you guys. 21 days. We're going to do that. But also, let's give, in, let's give our hearts wholly into building out that rhythm of Sabbath. And Sabbath is, is, a, is rooted in God's rhythm in creation. Right in Genesis 2, 2 through 3, he says, On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because of the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Right, so God set aside himself, right, a time to rest. Where society says, hey, seven days a week, 24-7, you got to be hustling, grinding, putting all the effort in. you got to be doing all these things to stay ahead, to stay, to do what you need to do, to be successful. God shows us a different way. God shows us a different way. God demonstrated this rhythm intended for the flourishing of all creation. Right, we've seen it in, we've seen it in cultivating of crops and land. Right, land that is constantly just used, 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 used year after year, right, it becomes destroyed. There's no longer nutrients in it, right? And farmers have discovered, and they're like, oh, wow, the Bible's right. We should actually rest the land, right? Six years of crops, the seventh, we should rest the land. You see, so Sabbath is a sacred, sustainable rhythm to work six days and rest, rest well for 24, 
Right, hear that. That's what we can do this year is we can work, we can give ourselves to the things that God has called us to do when we're saying yes to God, saying yes to his things. But then on that sixth, that seventh day, let's rest. Right, I'm, I'm preaching to, to me as I'm preaching to you, okay? I'm letting you guys know this. I'm not perfect at this as I preach this this morning. So I like to sit there and wrestle as I sit at my desk this morning. I got over early and I'm like, God, this is a message for me as it is, as much as it is for my family. But I know that if we lean into this, God has some great things for us. We need to maximize our effort and then maximize God's goodness in our lives. Right, we gotta maximize with him. You see, work hard and give your best at life for six days and then revel and rest in the best that God can do for one more. Right, find ways, build it into your calendars, build it into your lives. And that's why we have to start with no. Right, that's why we have to start with no. Right, when everything else comes in, we have to start with no. You see, the rampant busyness that we, know, that we see will end up dominating our lives. It'll dominate our lives. We have to say no to time fillers, no to the extras, no to some wants, some wishes, some hobbies. We have to say no to some good for something better. Right? What God designed for us, the best way for us to live is to have that rest. You see, Jesus was the master uh, at this. Right? He said this. Well, he's like, he said no to his divinity, as we talked about at Christmas, stepping out of eternity into humanity, right? He stepped, said no to his divinity in order to save humanity. As I mentioned at the second half of John chapter 10, Jesus talks about giving his life away. The shepherd giving him, himself away for the sheep, laying himself down. That's ultimately what Jesus came to do. He came to, and he said no to influence and popularity to say yes to alone time with the Father, Right? One of my favorite stories is in Matthew where Jesus has just got done feeding 5,000 people and everyone's excited and they're like, Jesus is awesome. He's given us free bread and fish. We love Jesus. Jesus is the best. His disciples are like, yes, Jesus is the best. We told you. And they're like, we should make Jesus king. Right? And every, every other human's like, yeah, you should make me king. Right? His disciples are like, yeah, you should make Jesus king because that makes us like, you know, pretty powerful as well. But what does Jesus do? He gathers his disciples he puts them in a boat, sends them off on the, lake, on the lake. Jesus goes, he dismisses the crowds and he goes away to pray. So he takes that time. In the face of being able to take on an earthly influence, Jesus says no to spend time with his father. To spend time in the presence of his father and to help his disciples see that, that he had a greater plan ahead of him. Right? He's like, Jesus is like, get in the boat. I'm going to be a king, but stop, right? <laughs> stop trying to get everybody else to do the wrong thing, right? As, as our disciples need. As, as, as we know they get out in the boat and the water and the storm comes, right? And the disciples are like, Jesus, he, he, he abandoned us. We said we we're going to make him king and he sent us out in the ocean to die. <laughs> but no, Jesus walks out on the water and in a beautiful story. But what Jesus shows us there is taking that time to pause, to spend time in the presence of the Father, to spend time where it matters most. Right? Saying no doesn't mean that we say no to everything. We say yes to the right things. We say yes to his presence, say yes to him. That's the spirit of Sabbath. That's the spirit and what we want to take on as we take on this fasting initiative for the 21 days of this, first 21 days of this year. And I promise you, if you could master the art of Sabbath this year, it would be a game changer for your mental emotional, relational, and spiritual health, right? I believe it will. I believe it will. You see, if we don't, as we see in society and culture, we know that the way the wheel keeps spinning in our society, there's a long, slow consequence of darkness, depression, emptiness, 
once again, preaching to myself. If we don't realize, and at times we don't even realize it's happening. Here's the thing about Sabbath. Is here, what I love about it is Sabbath is not a law that we have to follow. Right? It's not a law. We look at it, it's, a, it's, a, it's in Scripture. It's a valuable thing. But here's the thing about Sabbath. is Sabbath predated even the law of Moses. Right? As I mentioned, God took that time for Sabbath. Right? And as we see here, this concept of, of Sabbath is what the New, church, the New Testament church was familiar with and calls back to in Hebrews 4, 6 through 11. It says, so, God rest, so God's rest is there for people to enter. But those, who first, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announces through David much later in the words already quoted, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if, jo- if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, right, when he talks about the Israel people as they came into the promised land, God was saying, hey, make sure you still carve out time for me. Make sure you're focusing on me. And what do we see with the history of Israel people, right? They lost focus. They're like, we need a king. We don't need God. And repeatedly, over and over again, the process was there. God would have not spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let's do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Right, so the writer of Hebrews is encouraging them, hey, make sure you lean into that rest of God. Make sure you lean into that Sabbath time because God has given us that, right? We think that the world and society says we have to give all seven days or set all of our hours to the job, to these, to these you know, hobbies, whatever it is. Like I said, fill in the blank. But God says, I have given you rest. Right? I want you to rest in me. Right? When we look at everything else that we do, we look at our job as a way to, of, of God providing and provisions through us and through our hard work as he's called us to cultivate on this earth, we look at it as, God, you've given us this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for this. Right? Then we say, thank you, Lord, for the rest. Thank you, Lord, for the rest. You see, rejecting God, rest in God is a declaration of self-sufficiency that leads to our own demise. That's what happens when we reject the rest of God. We reject the thing that we need most. Right? We try to find it in everything else. Like I mentioned, that we look to try to fill us up to make us feel whole. But when we reject the rest in God, we are declaring self-sufficiency that leads to our demise. It leads to our, our destruction. It leads to us being empty. It leads to us feeling lonely. It leads to that darkness in our lives. You see, practicing Sabbath is not a requirement for Christians. Or I'm not saying like, hey, don't show up to church unless you're Sabbathing. Right? Or, hey, if you're not going to do this fast, I don't want to see you next week, right? But it is, a, it is a gift. It's a gift to root our lives in his promises and provision, right? It is a gift. It is, a, it is, a, it is where we find that ultimate rest. It's where we find that ultimate connection to our creator, our savior, the good shepherd, right? How do we get to know the, sheep, the shepherd's voice? We got to spend time with him. We got to spend time He says, the sheep will recognize me. They will know me because of my voice. You see, and that's the problem is we think that all these other things are so much more important and we end up in the foolish category of ignoring it. Don't we? Worship team, you go ahead and come on up. So here's what I want to challenge you guys with and what I'm challenging myself and what we're believing as a church to do this year. My challenge that we start this year renewed through a season of prayer and fasting. As I mentioned before, Right? Take one of these guides on your way out. Start fasting this year. Start somewhere. 
right? Do something in turning our, our attention to his presence, turning our year towards him. And I, so if that's for you, that might look like fasting at least one meal a day, right? Fast one meal a day. If you're normally like get up, eat breakfast or maybe lunch or whatever it is, fast one meal a day and substitute that time with prayer and, and Bible reading and meditation, right? It's pretty easy, right? You can just t- you take that time. Maybe you're a veteran, Maybe you fasted a lot or you, you, uh, you know, want to take a step in that direction. I encourage you to do a Daniel fast, right? You can look that up online if you want resources on that. That's what Danielle and I are doing for the next 21 days. You see, the more we pursue God, the more we will experience him. The more we spend time, we will get to experience him more. And so as we fast, we pray, we spend time experiencing him more. I encourage you to build into your calendar, build into your week Sabbath. Right, Sunday morning, Sunday's a great day for that, right, for, for most of us, right? We build in that time to Sabbath. We come together, we say, we fill that time. We say no to the extracurriculars, shopping, chores, right, cheap entertainment, and we say yes to God. We fill ourselves with this church community. We fill ourselves with worship and prayer and family time, Bible reading. Read your Bible together as a family. Fill it with exercise, right? You can exercise on Sabbath because you're giving your temple, your body, over to God. Like, obviously, like, don't be like racking up the weights and just trying to like destroy yourself. But spend some time exercising, right? And say, God, I'm giving this time over to you. Put on some worship music. Put on a podcast that honors the Lord in that time. Fill that time of Sabbath with good food, right? What the Israelite people would do is they would build, they would plan to have a feast on their Sabbath day. So they'd they'd prep, plan, and so then Sabbath would come and they're like, yes, we're gonna feast. We're gonna put our attention on God. We're gonna revel in his goodness. But at times we know society can kind of take that away and be like, yeah, well, we're just gonna do this all all for me. We have to make sure our attention's on him. We fill that time with laughter. Let's carve that time of Sabbath in our lives. You see, as we do this and we start planning to set aside 24 hours a week where we say no to anything that isn't helping us experience God's refreshing, right? Giving that time. If it's not 24 hours, start there, start somewhere. Right, if it's just like, hey man, my schedule, schedule's so busy, say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you 12 hours. I'm gonna give you this, this, this chunk on Sunday, morning, Sunday all, all day or whatever it is. Like find those times where you can give those to God meaningfully, right? It's not just to do it as, a, as like, oh, I have to do this. Pastor Darren said, I have to do this. No, it's God, I just want you. So you can ask that question, God, what are you wanting to do in me this year? What are you wanting to do in me in 2024? we truly believe he always has better. He has more. He has so much good things for us as his children. Why would we not go to him first with our best? Start somewhere. One of the things that we're going to be doing this first 21 days of the year is that we're going to be opening up the auditorium, the church at 6 a.m. for the first 21 days for prayer. For the first hour of our day, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. If you want to come join Danielle and I, we're just gonna create that space. We're gonna say, hey, I'm not a morning person. So like, this is, a, this is a stretch for me. But I wanna make sure God, I start my day with my attention on him. So if you wanna come one time, once a week, whatever, the first 21 days, 6 a.m., the doors will be open, the lights will be on. I'll probably be in my onesie. Probably not, but, but let's gather and pray together. Let's start that, our days with that. We have prayer every, win, uh, the first and third Wednesdays of every month, 10 a.m. If, if you can't do the 6 a.m. or if you're available during the days, we'd love for you to join us for that. But let's start doing the things that get us closer to Jesus rather than all the other things, right? Let's start making sure our priority list starts with him at the top. 
right? With him, everything flowing from there. God, and going to those, those hobbies, those opportunities, those situations, those, those, op those things that would lie before us. And we say, God, is this what you want for me? And then we know God, we know his voice. And we say, God, is this what you want? We hear no, we say, okay, not today. Right? We say no. We, we can say no to the things because we know what God's voice is in us. And for me, and I share this every year, so if you're just getting to know me, every year I like to theme my years. I like to theme my years. I'm not somebody who likes to do the New Year's resolution stuff because I've, I, you know, like I said, I'm an all-in or all-out guy, so I'm not going to start something I'm going to fail. But I've discovered that if I theme my year, I can wrap my entire year in a word or a theme, and if I focus on that for the year, man, I, awesome things happen. Last year my word was deeper. But I wanted to grow deeper in my relationship with God. I wanted to go deeper in my relationship with my wife. I wanted to go deeper in my relationship with my kids. So that became my focus of the year. So I, I gave my time to that. I journaled last year. We challenged you guys to journal. I journaled more than I have my entire life last year. Spending time in God's presence. Right? Growing deeper. And this year as I prayed, I kept getting this idea, these, these thoughts, and kind of the words that we've been hearing. I've already said them today. Is, it's three words, which is kind of interesting. I might say one word focus, but three words. But for me this year, I want to refocus. I want to refocus my attention. I want to renew my heart, and I want to recalibrate. I've been saying that a lot. God's been really speaking that to me. Make sure my calibration is in the right orientation. But I want to renew, recalibrate, and refocus this year. So we have to say no in order to say yes to Jesus. We have to say no. And so this morning, as we spend some time singing the song to close. I just want to, while the piano's playing, just everyone just close your eyes here. I believe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this morning. What are some things that maybe are on your list or you've been saying yes to that, you, that Jesus is calling you to say no to? Just listen for this moment and I just want to kind of pause here and then I'll pray in a moment and we'll sing the song, but let's just pause. Let's just put pause on life, priorities, chores, to-do lists, tries to come, which we know he will, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to distract, to rob us of, rob us of joy and life. God, we want to know your voice because you promised to lead us through. You promised to lead us to life and life to the full. promise to be the good shepherd that lays his life down. And God, we thank you for doing that. Jesus, we thank you. And God, as we look on the calendar, we know that tomorrow might feel just like another day. But Lord, we can look at significant moments. We can look at these moments, Lord, as opportunities to refocus, to recalibrate, to renew our hearts towards you, Jesus. So God, for all my 
family here today, Lord, I pray that, Lord, as your Holy Spirit speaks to their hearts, Lord, that they would do what they need to do to get their attention on you. They would say yes to you, God, yes to following you, yes to, to the things of your kingdom, God, and no to the things Lord, that are gonna try to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, we say yes to you.